0: Hello and welcome, fellow osmologists, to Osmology. I'm Sue.
1: And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're bringing you a bonus interview that was too good not to share.
0: Yes. This one's a little different because it all started with an interview I did for another project. I'm always doing all
1: projects. So many projects.
0: Projecting all the time. (laughs) Uh, And in that, I talked to Lynn Minders about how we can all be mindful of making good choices for our own mental health this holiday season.
1: So full disclosure, I sat this one out, but I do get to be here to help introduce this great interview, and we'll both be back at the end with something awesome to share. So without further ado, here's Sue's interview with Lynn Minders.
2: Just like that. Okay, just like that. (laughs)
0: so we start with the easy questions tell me a little bit about yourself Lynn
2: oh tell me about myself Uh, well my name is Lynn Minders I have um been uh living in the Marshfield area for a long long time um I moved there in 1989 um I was not raised I'm not a local um you know by birth or anything but I have worked in um a variety of different social work uh jobs through my career. I've been um, with Ascension's employee assistance program for the past seven and a half years. Prior to that, I worked in hospice, home care and palliative care. Um, And prior to that, I worked in the Wood County um, system uh, with people with with varying disabilities and mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And Um, I'm originally from Union Grove, Wisconsin, where my family, a lot of my family still live. Um, What else would you like to know? I've got a couple of adult kids. Um, We have started, and a husband, and we have started to be in that world where we have to share holidays because of partners, Mm. uh, because of the kids' partners. So that's interesting and challenging sometimes and kind of appropriate for the conversation.
0: you know, and and that is, that's a facet I didn't even think about that. I think that that lends a whole other level of complexity. It does. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's something that in, in the counseling world, you know, I, it's not uncommon, uh, as a counselor to hear people, you know, when they're discussing the stress of holidays, um, to talk about, you know, the, just the juggle of Mm -hmm. how do you get to share time, Right.
0: And, and I suppose knowing you have to bring the same level of energy, you know, for some, for some people, there are people that are people-pleasers like myself right? and would go into that saying, well, I can't, you know, I can't be, this is my fourth place I've been today.
2: Oh, right. Right. Yeah. I I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I'm not full yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Interesting. So it sounds like you have an awful lot of experience with people who have been, who are healing from trauma, who are healing from grief, who are going, you know, sort of weathering every storm. True. Yeah. Sort of that, uh, that, uh, that perfect storm that COVID and everything, all of the other conditions of the world have created.
2: Yeah. I think that when you point out grief, um, grief in particular is something, you know, that that's very, you know, very personal. It's, it's not, uh, it's universal in that we all experience that in our lives, but we don't experience it in exactly the same way for sure. But I think that this pandemic has brought on some familiar uh, levels of grief that we all can relate to. There's all of us have been impacted by it in some way mm-hmm. or other. And a lot of people are talking about, and this is certainly something that I have felt, um, how strange it feels as things have opened up more, um, in, in some of the ways we can connect in person. It's, um, it, it, it feels different in some ways. It's mm-hmm. hard to resume what we used to do is, is you know, there's, there's like a, an awareness of, um, this feels strange to us. And, you know, a lot of people have, t- have had that sensation of like, well, what year is it? What did we do? How did, how did we used to do it? Are we able to do that? Or even just like, what happened to that year, that 2020 year disappeared? Mm-hmm. It didn't disappear. We all lived it. Right. But it doesn't get racked into the, as we track
0: right. how we've
2: spent our time, it's like, what what did we do that year? Oh, that's right, we didn't do that. That was COVID year,
0: right? Yeah, we didn't do anything. It, it's it's interesting you point that out because it, it feels like we spent so much of 2020 on hold. Mm-hmm. Everything was well. You know, in in you know a short amount of time we'll be able to do that, in a short you know in right. two for two weeks, and then a month, and then. Right. You know, and then it right. became that common language of,
2: well, when things start to open up, we can do that. Right. We can yeah, the constant readjustment of I think it's going to be this much longer. I think it's going to be maybe that much longer. And, and even, you know, even now, um, you know, there's the the not as much about like, are we safe to be together? But, you know, people are still concerned. And, and in some families, people aren't concerned at all. And then there are a few members of the family that do feel concerned, and that creates um, anxiety and stress and sometimes mm-hmm. conflict. And, um, but getting back to the grief part of it, you know, when there has been, when, when there has been a, a loss that people are actively grieving, what happens around the holidays is for a lot of people, It feels like I don't have the energy to put out my normal uh, amount of effort. And I don't know where I will get that energy from. And so I think it's really important to be able to to understand that you can have permission to, to not this year, you know, like the cookies don't have to get baked in the usual way. You don't have to host. I have a good friend who taught me years ago when her dad died that she got she understood that she didn't have to do Christmas cards. Now she's never gone back to them. It's been 20 years. She just gave herself an out that year and, um, she appreciated the lack of, you know, pressure. Has it impacted how she's kept in contact with people? No, not really because there are other means Mm -hmm. for, you know, making sure you can stay in the loop of your connections. Um, right. but certainly that is one, that is one, um, permission that, that comes more easily with grief, I think, because your energy is so finite when you're grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if every. No, I don't know that everybody automatically know, knows that they can change it. I think it's right. important to be reminded that they can change it though.
0: Right. Well, and you know, it's, I'm really glad that you latched on to that and talked more about it because that in, uh, that absolutely is the sort of the origins, the genesis of where, what got me to making, to writing this particular blog post. So I, you know, I mentioned to you in the email I sent you that we're doing a lending campaign. It's about making choices over the holidays. And so there's sort of this tenuous connection to, um, taking care of your mental health and, Mm -hmm. uh, but that happened in parallel to a conversation I had with a friend of mine because I lost my mother this year. Yeah. And um, he said the same thing. He said, consider the fact that maybe you don't have to do that. Maybe you don't have to worry about that. Right. And so that, you know, that really did put me on this path of thinking like, uh, you know, I have, again, grief is very specific. Mm-hmm. It is everyone's dealing with it in the way that they're dealing with it. And I'm certainly, I mean, I'm not even the only person in my family dealing with it. Right. But people are, I think right now people are grieving a whole lot of things, whether yes. it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of a, a job, the, the, you know, a place to live, you know, there they're just, there are all kinds of grief. And, right. and probably I would guess that uh, considering what we've all, gone through in the last couple of years, there are probably people grieving that are, that are, um, working through grief that they don't understand because it's, you know, in essence, and they're not
2: calling, they're not calling it that, or it hasn't right. been identified as that, but it, it is causing the discombobulation that, that they're right. feeling, or it's contributing to it in some way. Right. I think that is true. And I, I think that, I think that's probably quite true that there's a, there's a bit of, um, you know, confusion that people experience around, why am I feeling like this? Why does it, why does it seem like I can't get it together? You know, I've heard a lot of that from folks talking about like their memory Mm -hmm. uh, being affected, or like, I can't, I'm not tracking time in the same way. I don't feel like I'm as on top of things as I normally would be. What's wrong with me? When really what's wrong with me is not, you not just with me, right? It's, Mm -hmm. we're going through something that we've never gone through before, feels very threatening in some cases. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, there's a virus, you know, I mean, if you just think about COVID, like that feels scary, in some ways, and yet we have to function. In addition to that normal life went on, people still had other illnesses, people still had other work problems, people still had relationship you know, new relationships or challenging relationships. People still went to school. We had all these changes and we had to keep going forward. Bills had to continue to be paid, Mm -hmm. you know, the weather created challenges for us. Right. But we, during this last year and a half, we've had lots of things get canceled. We've had lots of things get postponed. We had lots of demands that were still there like they've always been. And, we haven't been as you know when we haven't known when is it going to go back to normal, is it? right? <laughs> There's been a lot of uncertainty that we've been handling and um and and so so I think that not everybody I think I agree with you, not everybody has been like able to be self-aware and and tuned in to what is going on here mm-hmm. When, when it's a specific grief, a specific loss, you know, well, I lost my mom. And so, therefore, this makes sense to me. There is something kind of enlightening about that. Because at least we can call it what it is. We right. know, oh, yeah, that's right. That's how I do. That's how people do feel when they go through something um, like that. But it isn't necessarily on everybody's radar mm-hmm. as to, what is going on right for
0: them i you know i would think that that there are probably people experiencing sort of a loss of self a loss of you know they they thought that they knew who knew who they were how they reacted to things what they would do you know in an emergency and all yeah. of that has been challenged i mean especially you know there there were a whole lot of us adults and very adulty adults, who really thought maybe really thought like whatever happens, and you know, I've been through all of this other stuff, so whatever you know, whatever is coming down the pike, I'll just deal with it. Right. And then we experience something exactly to your point that none of us could. Uh, well, you know, historically we have a historical record, <laughs> right? But all of us, you know, were too young to know, right. What the historical record would be we were too young to know how we would practically deal with it we didn't have the experience
2: right right and it's been pretty destabilizing in ways that we we couldn't have prepared for and we certainly you know didn't think about ahead of time like mm-hmm. you know who who i mean there were some people who knew this could happen but those are the people that are at certain scientific levels of preparedness that the rest of us are supposed to listen to, you know, we're not thinking along those lines like mm-hmm. like they are. We're not all risk managers and you know right. <laughs> people who project, you know, into the future like that. So yeah, it, I mean, I think it caught all of us in a in some way or other by um surprise, whether it's <clears throat> you know at a at a you know a real planning level or just a, oh, I can't go into that place now without okay wearing a mask or without, you know, showing a proof of something now, or, you know, I can't fly on the, I can't take my trip or whatever those things are day to day. Mm -hmm. So there has been a requirement of a lot of adjustment and that takes a toll, takes a toll. And then you, and then the calendar keeps ticking, right? Like, well, guess what? It's November. We're all talking about Thanksgiving right now. We're all starting to think about the fact that there are holidays coming and the calendar is going to keep moving forward, whether we're ready, prepared, have the plan, or don't. Right. So, so let's let's
0: move ahead and talk about traditions. Yeah. Is there are there benefits? You know, knowing what this sort of shared trauma everyone has experienced is. Are there benefits to maintaining some of those traditions?
2: And if so, what are they? <laughs> I think, there, I think there are benefits because there's comfort in it. There's comfort in nostalgia. There's comfort in routine. There's comfort in, um, there's like a, a sense of connection and cohesion and tradition matters. You know, that's why a lot of why we do these things. Um, but again, I wonder about this because um, every family has different, you know, very certain things that are just kind of sacred, special, and certain things that seem like, well, we, why do we really do this? You know, like, like, how important is the meal, for example? You know, does the meal have to be these items? Or Mm -hmm. could the meal be um, a pan of lasagna? Does it have to be turkey? You know, what, what is this about? Like, what is it for our individual family? Those are, I think it's about for, for, you get underneath the meaning of it what is it what is it that's important here right is it um in my family one of the things that happens that we have come to really enjoy as a tradition is um once the meal is done and the table's cleared we're playing games and that's where the fun is and that's where the laughter comes and that's where the um, the connection is, and that's what people are looking forward to, mostly. Um, they're doing it on a full, with a full belly, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, which feels good. But the tradition, really, the meaningful part is really more about, for most of the people, about let's clear the table and get the game started, right? And whatever it might be that year that we're going to play. It's usually a few different things. Now, some families are, are about sports. Some families are about, um, they do like to all be together on creating a meal and bringing wine or, you know, sharing in the consumption of those delicious things. Um, Some families have tradition about Black Friday, you know, like this year, maybe people are gonna go back out to the stores and do their kind of ritual shopping where they get to do that together and they find the deals. It's a big deal for some people, you know. So I think the I think there is there is power in that for people. But I would I would I always think about like, can you feel the tangible reward? Like, can you tell that that feels good? Because it might also feel stressful. Mm-hmm. But does it convert into a sense of satisfaction or a sense of cohesion or a sense of well-being you know how do you measure that does make you happy
0: right right is it worth it is the the stress if there's stress at the end of it is it worth it to you right
2: that's And and that's something that you know I don't know that everybody checks in with themselves about that but I think that's a measure that I would recommend in terms of if someone is trying to figure out this year do I make that thing happen or do I participate in it I I would I would suggest that we check in with does it feel like it's worth it you know does it does it give us what we need now not everybody holidays are stressful for for a lot of people like like stressful in the way that it feels like I would rather avoid doing that because it just makes me feel uneasy in so many ways. Hmm. And in that case, for some people, the best thing to do is to keep it pretty low key and not do the things that feel like shoulds. Right. You know, because they're not very rewarding.
0: Right. So that that's a beautiful transition. You're really good at this. (laughs) (laughs) What are other red flags that people that are maybe feeling under stress, healing from trauma, still grieving, should be watching for that would tell them I need to check in with myself and I may need to change course here and do something different or do nothing at all.
2: Right. To to just opt out. Yeah.
0: Just have a no no bone state. Do you know about no bone state? Right. Day? I know
2: about yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You get permission to have a no bone state. Yeah. <laughs> that poor dog (laughs) I do like that though I mean it's like it's like it's an assessment it's a a way of checking in and it's a way of saying hey you know what there's time you'll figure it out you don't have to do everything today I like that yeah I well you know some of the red flags that come to mind for for me here's one here's one that's personal I noticed I just had this happen to me recently where this is, and I figured out that, oh, this is a signal that I'm, that I'm not operating in the right place, like from a mental health standpoint, when I'm trying to reconfigure the plan so that everybody's needs get met. And I'm, I'm trying to squeeze in, well, maybe we could run here and maybe we could do this. Maybe I could attach that to the day. That's a red flag that Uh, that it's getting too complicated. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's getting more stressful. It's getting more hectic. And I'm in the middle of that trying to be the, you know, in the old days when the people used to have to connect phone calls by plugging in the wire or the little connector thing, I feel like that person, like, oh, please, okay, here. Is everyone, is everyone tuned in? Being in that role is pretty hard to sustain and it's exhausting and often it's unappreciated you know often you're the you're the hub and you're trying and trying and trying to make everything happen for everybody it reduces the it 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 tells everyone else that I'll handle it right well that's you mentioned people pleasing I mean that's people pleasing and it's not healthy (laughs) <laughs> it's bad for us and and um so when you know how do you notice when you're doing that you notice because you're rearranging all the time that's a red flag you know that's telling you that <clears throat> you're using up all your resources before the event even happens mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so if you look at that you think you know what all these people are adults probably they If we say, here's what the event is. Can you come? I hope you can come. They get to make up their own mind. Mm -hmm. If it creates a problem in their life, maybe then they have to figure out a few, a few of their complicators and then they either can come or they can't come. Nowadays, if you can't come, there are other ways to reach in. You can, we can have a video call during the party. And maybe some people get on the, on the screen for a little while. Maybe we have a phone call with done a Speaker or we pass you around so you can chat with everybody. You know, if you're not able to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are options. It's not always just a, you know, either you're there or you miss everything. You don't get to be right. part of anything. Right. Um, <clears throat> other red flags that come to my mind would be mood, you know, mood related. Like if I find that I'm more irritable, I'm more, you know, I'm more um, taking it out on someone because it's a lot to handle. Um, I'm resorting to drinking more (laughs) as I lead up to the thing or I'm looking for eating more, you know, I mean, we do that Mm -hmm. a lot to kind of soothe our distress. Um, you know, overeating, overdrinking, numbing, you know, like I'm not very functional, not getting a whole lot. I'm procrastinating. I know I have all those gifts to wrap and I don't know when I'm going to do it because I'm doing too many things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think dread could be a red flag, like particularly if it's there are conflicted relationships Are there someone coming that I don't want to see. Um, I don't want to, I personally don't want to, um, have this kind of conversation turn into something about the big divide that that's going on, but that's real in families, mm-hmm. you know, the, the societal and political stuff that comes in and it makes it very, very hard for people. And, um, you know, in some families, people can navigate that and say, hey, we're just going to agree that we don't talk about that today. We're having, we're going to have fun today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> some people don't follow the, those rules. And and people can feel a lot of dread about approaching an event with, with those, with the folks in their right. family that they struggle with. Um, do you have any red flags in mind? I'm trying to think of other others that are off that list. Yeah, I, you know, I think
0: I think you have covered, I think you've covered everything that really comes to mind. There's sort of this gray, you know, you mentioned dread. And you know, I, I associate some of this with just that feeling of anxiety. You know, if you uh, if you are, you know, the I and obviously, it doesn't need to be said, but we will say it, that there are people who suffer from clinical anxiety. Mm -hmm. And this is a, uh, it's a serious, it's a serious issue. And it is something that they have no matter what is happening. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I do think I suspect that there probably are people who have led uh, pretty mellow lives and are sort of starting to deal with that feeling of anxiety, you know, real serious, sort of heart stopping anxiety, maybe for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I think that feeling of I, I don't know if I can do this. I feel like I have to do it, that sort of that sort of fight, your own mental fight of
2: yeah, um, I don't the know how a yeah, the sense then. of like what's expected of me versus what do i really want to do and what are people going to think if i don't do right. what everyone seems to want or we think everyone wants like a lot of times that's a mental game that's going on and it feels another thing that complicates it is comparison mm-hmm. right like in situations where it rotates so you know my sister-in-law hosted and this is how it was and i want to host, i'm going to host because it's my turn then I don't go to the lengths that she goes or my house isn't as whatever, you know. Comparing, comparing, yeah, yes. um, comparing is really bad for us, but we do it all the time, right? Because when we compare, we're never gonna be good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the There's somebody smart said, comparison is the thief of joy, and that's true, right? If, if I'm in the comparison mode, then I'm always looking at what everybody else has that I don't have. And so how can I be happy? How can I feel good if I'm looking out there and saying, well, they do it nicer. They have better dishes. They have more room in their house. They cook better. And therefore, what, what stems from that then is everyone's going to be judging. Right. So I'm already judging myself in anticipation. <laughs> and that's not really that's not really the spirit it saves so much time though lynn if i start judging
0: myself immediately <laughs> we're just so
2: imagine how worn out you are when you're the one who's gonna host you know right. or you're the one who's gonna like be try to enter into the spirit of like you know what's the point of all this mm-hmm. you know where i don't think the point of it is for us to be uh worn out and stressed out and not enjoying our, the company of the people we love, right? Or the people we, we, we identify as our close inner circle, like those people, we are supposed to enjoy our time with them. Right. So, so
0: let's, then let's tie a bow on it. Let's talk about that, about how we can maybe set the benefits of setting aside some of that stress anxiety the tasks the um yeah. the telephone operator right uh habits right and what what maybe we can do
2: instead to to actually have a wonderful time Yeah. With the people we yeah. care about well i think it I, you know i think that it um I, there has to be some communication some dialogue about it right like like depending on what the circumstances are like in some families a lot of families, it's like we traditionally go to mom's house, right? And now if mom's not here anymore, what are we doing? We have to talk about what that's going to be. If if mom's still here, but mom, you know, we want to not put it all on mom. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about could we do this differently? Um, in our family, if it's, uh, hey, what we really want to do is play games all day. And it's the only time we all get together. And let's that's what our real focus is. Then can we simplify the meal? or the food part of it, can we, can we all bring something and just have crock pots going and, you know, we want food, like everyone wants food at holidays, right? That's a big part of it. But it doesn't have to be that one person's in charge of making all of it. It doesn't have to be that it has to be a big sit down dinner with the with the China and the crystal, Mm -hmm. right? It could be that, but it doesn't have to be that. And maybe there are some alternatives that can be decided upon to simplify it and allow the stuff that's really rewarding to come to the forefront. You know, like traditionally, I mean, I, I come from traditional Wisconsin where the women are doing all the work and the men are watching football (laughs) (laughs) and they're not helping with the dishes and they're not making the food and they're not you know, I mean that's mm-hmm. no one ever brought it up. But then like my generation grew up and said, well, that isn't how I want to spend the holiday, right? Now not every home is like that. But if if there's a way to kind of turn it so that everyone gets to enjoy it and not and not have it be out of balance, I think that could that could work, but it has to be talked about beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. So so there probably does need to be an element of communication. What's the plan? What's the date? What's the time? Right. What are we having for food? How do we really want to spend the time? You know, are we rotating this? Is everyone Mm -hmm. contributing? Um, You know, there needs to be communication about are you coming or not? You know, like I I have a friend who told me that recently she sent out a message to a group text and about, hey, we're hosting. We really want to we're inviting you and several members of part of the family just never answered. And (laughs) it's been a couple of weeks. She has no idea, you know, and that's and that's irritating to her because Mm -hmm. she's the one who's hosting. Like, I kind of want to know if I so if you get an invitation, you should answer. Right. You should at least. Reply with, oh, thank you. I'm thinking about it, or we'll let you know if you 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 can't answer affirmatively or not. Um, So, simplifying, talking about it. Sometimes it helps to kind of um, poll everybody, you know, send out a poll. You know, we have this option or this option. What do you prefer? Like, we can use technology to our advantage Mm -hmm. in that way, too, to like, you know, we we want to have a good time together. We want to like really enhance. Right. The 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 time we do have. What what makes what's the most meaningful thing for you? With large families, that might have to be some kind of communication like that. With smaller families, I think you can have actual conversation and get everybody to pitch in their ideas. And is, it,
0: is it maybe fair to say? if you you know if you have a family with long standing traditions and you open up that communication and say we're thinking we're going to take it easy on ourselves this year yeah. and maybe someone in that group says no i don't like that i want you know we're going to have the sausage uh, we're going to have the sausage stuffing and we're going to have right. the yams and we're going to do the whole thing right. is it fair to them say to that person okay so tell us what you're willing to do to make that happen
2: sure absolutely Yeah, absolutely. If that person's, you know, if there's somebody who's saying, no, it's super important to me that this be the way that it always was. And there isn't someone else who can do that or wants to do it. Then, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what are you, what are you willing to do to make sure we can have that? You know, like we, that person, you know, we're, especially if we're all adults. Right. You know, um that might be the opening to negotiate some things. Because maybe the person who could, do, who could do that that part of it also is the person who does the pies and also the person who does the, you know, the mm-hmm. sides. Well, then what can I let go of? I can do the sausage stuffing, but what are you going to take off my plate? I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's reasonable. You know, that's reasonable. That's the other thing. You know, this is a good point. One of the things that, that I've noticed, and that happens in a lot of families, is when we go back home, even though we're adults and like really have been adults for a long time, it's really easy to slip back into our roles of what it was like as siblings, you know, with our parents. Like it's really easy to just kind of turn back into those kids, (laughs) even if We're doing some things like we're being helpful and we're being, Mm. you know, thoughtful and supportive and kind, kinder to one another. We're still, especially if we go back to the family home, if it's still the same house we grew up in, there's a subtle sort of reversion that happens. Not everybody's aware of it happening, but it happens. You know, some people turn a little more sullen, some people are a little more. you know, they, we, we, we all had roles growing up in our families and we sort of still have those when we're, we're with our siblings. And some of that's for good <laughs> and some of it isn't. Yeah. I,
0: I suppose it's like, it's like slipping on those old shoes or those slippers, right. you know, and there's comfort in it. And you have, right. especially, you know, like, like you pointed out, if the family home is still there, so the smells are the same and everything feels the same, and,
2: it's, yeah, well, just, and we, you it's know, a we, a lot of that stuff is baked in, right? Yeah. And we, we haven't, and it's easier in that kind of setting and in that kind of company to sort of like, um, for that to just naturally kind of evolve again, and come out. Mm-hmm. And that's how we, we aren't, we aren't always thinking it. It's just that it right. comes out. And you do see that more often in families when there's been a stressful situation. Um, like mom and dad aren't well, or someone has died. And there's a different kind of refiguring of, mm-hmm. you know, of stability within the family system. That's probably, you could, you could analyze that for more than a half hour, <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> but just to, just to put a point on how do, why do things get stressful? Like in that mm-hmm. example of all of our family has gone through something, we are now facing the holidays and we want to adjust and we're gonna adjust what we do because not all the people are here anymore or because someone isn't able to do all the, the workload to make it nice for everybody else. We're asking everyone to pitch in. There's inevitably, there probably is gonna be at least one person who says, I don't want anything to change. I like it better the way it was that might be grief talking too, mm. right? Because, Very good point. you know, we don't want things to change and, and grief forces you to come to, not that you have to come to terms with it, but it forces you to notice that you don't, life doesn't get to be the way that it was. And when that person is gone, um, that challenge isn't easily resolved. It's, it's hard and we have to face it. Like we used to do this. It used to feel this way. Right. You know, the holiday has always felt this way and now it doesn't feel like that anymore. And I don't know how it's going to feel. Will I ever get that back? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It puts you into a, a state of some change and uncertainty that lasts a long time.
0: Right. So... Here is we. I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Here's what. Here's what we have learned. <laughs>
2: here are our takeaways. <laughs> here
0: are our takeaways. If a tradition feels worth it, if even if there's some stress associated with it, if it feels like you are gaining from it, like you're building yourself up, yeah, then yeah. it is probably healthy. Right. If it once you start to tip into, I'm getting nothing from it. It is causing me nothing but pain. Mm-hmm. then it is more healthy to consider shifting your plans and to shift your plans communication, just like in every other thing. Right. <laughs> communication is key.
2: Right. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good summary. Um, and, and some of that is very individualized. The idea of what, how do I, how do I tell if it's worth it? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's on a completely different subject. I have a real boundary, typically between work and life, right? Like work is part of life, but I typically don't like to do my work when I'm not working. Mm -hmm. If I find out that, oh my gosh, my schedule is just packed. And I think I need to carve out a little time on the weekend to do some of my work. Can that sometimes be okay? Sure, it can. If I decide it's worth it for me to give up two hours on my Saturday morning so that I can Feel at peace and not feel that hanging over my head, and I'm willing and I'm thoughtful about it. Yes, absolutely. That's a sense of like, yeah, I can measure that out and it feels worth it. If making, you know, 120 dozen cutout <laughs> cookies is worth it to me because I get to have a creative outlet, because I get to have people come over and do it with me, because um, everybody is so happy when they get my cutouts. Maybe it is worth it. But if I do that, nobody helps me. I feel really, you mm-hmm. know, mad because I'm doing it all by myself and nobody seems to ever give me a compliment or appreciate them. Maybe right. that's not fun. <laughs> you know, maybe that's not how I want to spend a whole day. Yeah.
0: So that, that worth itness is really individual.
2: That seems like it is a really personal. Uh, yeah thing to be aware of, because not everyone's going to measure the same way, right, for some people that is worth it, because that's what I always did with mom, and I loved my time with her, and it makes me feel close to her, or it's something I'm teaching my grandkids how to do with me, or it's, you know, there's like Mm. really personal meaning to it, other people really get a creative flair out of it, and that's the, the win for them, right,
0: so go for the win,
2: find the wind somewhere find
0: the wind somewhere yeah
2: Yeah, that's what I would say (laughs) that is a great summary
0: I like I love that a lot Lynn I appreciate you so much taking time with me today oh
2: it was nice to be asked thank you very much this was absolutely delightful good good well I'm happy to help I'm glad we got I'm glad we got connected
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview. I enjoyed talking to Lynn very, very much. And speaking of awesome things.
1: Speaking of awesome things, it is time to close out the show with our Something Awesome segment. Even though our episode was a little different this time, we, we got to land the plane and bring it home with uh, our Something Awesome segment, which is where we share some recommendations for things uh, or just things that happen to us that are great. Your favorite... Books, podcasts, experiences, all that good stuff. And I'm going to kick it off. Kick it off. With, uh, it is almost Thanksgiving, so I'm, I'm in the Thanksgiving uh, mood for sure. And Sue, when you think of Thanksgiving, what's the first thing you think of? Pumpkin pie. Okay. Not exactly the answer I oh, was looking okay, for, but at sorry. least partially right. Okay. Because there was okay. a right and wrong answer to my question. <laughs> uh, the, the food, right? The, the meal. Food. That's okay. what I think of. Um, I'm laser-focused. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm fortunate, and I know that I'm fortunate, to think of the food first and to have the means and the ability to prepare that meal for my family or with my family or travel to my parents' place and participate in a big old meal with my family, right? So i um, so grateful for that. Um, and I know that that opportunity is not there for everyone. Right. And what I also know is that there are a lot of amazing human beings that do a thing that I don't know if I could do, which is give up their Thanksgiving Ooh. to provide meals for people that don't have that opportunity to Travel to grandma and grandpa's house or whatever, right? So, um, just a huge shout out to anyone out there, uh, especially anyone listening, but, uh, listeners and people you may know, and just good vibes through the universe to people that, um, that do this thing, uh, which I think is like a superpower of choosing to not do your own Thanksgiving meal, or maybe even just delaying it so that on Thanksgiving day, you can go to the food shelter or the church or wherever it is that you're um, providing meals to uh, people that maybe don't have that opportunity. Um, What we're going to share in the um, uh, recap of the podcast uh, is a link, uh, a really cool article Uh, from MSN that just shared a story of this guy that's been doing it for 44 years. So uh, like many volunteer opportunities, especially uh, one that, you know, kind of speaks to the heart, you um, do it once and it almost becomes addicting, right? And so I can just imagine this guy um, volunteering for the first time to serve Thanksgiving meals 44 years ago and was just like, dang, that felt good and just (laughs) did it for that long, right? So, I mean, props to anybody who gives up uh Thanksgiving to serve Thanksgiving meals but special shout out to people that have been doing it for a while and especially this guy uh who has done it for 44 years so um I should have had his I don't have his name in the notes so you'll have to read the article I should give him uh I should at least be able to say his name on the podcast but check out the article it's a feel-good one for sure and lots of uh thankful and uh, good Thanksgiving vibes going out to everyone so nice. yeah
0: so somewhat pertinent as a person who uh is responsible for the thanksgiving the whole thanksgiving meal this year yeah uh and in uh a shout out a reference back to a part of the interview which you actually haven't heard when we're recording this yet um thinking about how getting some of that stuff done can be a little taxing on your mental health my something awesome is a podcast I've li- listened to for a long time. It was maybe one of the first ones when I really started commuting a long way yeah. <laughs> that I started listening to. It's called the, the Mental Illness Happy Hour and you can find it at mentalpod.com. The host is Paul Gilmartin and he talks to interviews comedians and actors and doctors and just all different kinds of really interesting people about things like childhood trauma and mental illness and their experiences. And it is really affirming, and he's delightful to listen to. So, if you have any interest in finding ways to sort of find community around your own mental health or learn more about other people's mental health, Mental Illness Happy Hour is a great place to go.
1: Awesome, share. Yes. I will be checking it out.
0: You should, awesome. it's very good. Um, and also, not safe for work. Yeah. So, another NSFW podcast. I am happy to share. Uh, And we will include the link. So we'll include the link to that. We'll include the link to the article that Ben mentioned. Those will be uh, right with our podcast. So you can go, always go to our blog at exclamationcuso.com slash blog. See all of our past episodes and check out any other resources there. And this is your friendly reminder that you can find us on your favorite podcast app. If you are visiting us right now off of our blog, you can subscribe to our podcast, a lot of awesome places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, name name your poison, uh, <laughs> and you can hear all of our episodes.
1: Awesome. Thanks, uh, Sue, and thank you again uh, to Lynn for taking the time to talk, and thank you, friends, for tuning in, as always. This is Sue and Ben, your self-proclaimed professors of osmology, reminding you that life's awesome if you make it awesome. We'll see you next time.